At WakeMed MyCare 365, we deliver convenience others only talk about every day of the year. Primary care and urgent care under one roof. Multiple locations, virtual visits, walk-in or schedule an appointment online. From annual physicals and routine care to sinus infection, strep, or the flu, we couldn't be more convenient. Learn more about our kind of care and our kind of convenience at wakemed.org. Andre Burakovsky. Like the mail into the cane zone. He'll get the puck right back. Send it to Newhook out in front. They'll score! On the power play. JT Comfort got loose. And the Avalanche strike first. Six minutes and 58 seconds here in the first period. Nichuskin goes 10 and 2. On the backhand, he works his way to Anderson with a big save. McKinnon pokes at it, and it'll stretch its way across the goal line. The Avalanche had four whacks at it, and finally it crossed the Canes goal line. And the Avs have a 2 0 lead with 9 12 left in the first. Four seconds left. McCarr behind him. Carolina, though. Try to tie up the draw. It's one back. A opportunity for Comfer as he slides one right through. And the Canes defense comes to the aid of their netminder. Ajo tries to clear four seconds left here in the period. Now the puck is out of play. Did it hit the glass first before it went out of play? The Avalanche are lobbying for a penalty. Cave tracks down the rebound. They get it back across to Burakovsky. He'll shoot out front. They'll score. That was a shot with the intention for a pass. And JT Comfer Avalanche up 3-0 on top of Carolina. Out the stall, Boston, Niederreiter line. And been banging bodies out here in the Avalanche zone. Create a turnover. Shea will get the puck. He'll put it through. Deflected, they'll score. The captain with an answer. The Canes needed something, and they got it. Shea put the shot through and hit a couple of bodies. But this line has been so good for the Canes. Comes back and puts Carolina on the board. Push this one into the hurricane zone. McKinnon goes after it. Now out in front of Alone to score! Anderson never saw the puck. Bounce out in front to the slot. And Miko Rantanen, 36th of the year, puts the Avalanche up 6-3. There. He has it taken away. Now set up in front. Anderson with a big save. That stinks, Frederick Anderson. And he's on the ice. That might have hit, won't speculate right now, but Anderson in pain on the ice. He, he had already been in discomfort prior. I had wondered and hoped that it was a skate issue, but I think it happened prior to that most recent save as Carolina's very fine head trainer, Doug Bennett, out on the ice at 10. Now, Tony is getting a big hit in front of the Canes bench. He checks the number that was Nick Chuskin. That's Stahl. He's giving a big hit along the boards by McCarr. Stall slow to get up as the physical play picking up in the avalanche here as they'll ice the puck with 10.07 remaining in the third period. Not good news. Jordan Stahl is going to the defensive door, which would suggest the locker room. Oh, no. Okay. Puck is just departed. Dale McCarr finishes through the body. Puck has just left. There's nothing wrong with the hit. In my view. 
know, there may have been head contact, but he's playing through the body. The pocket literally just departed. And now that takes on the absolute most important priority is the, the health of the captain. This is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold. Presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. The Canes Corner Podcast is part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now, here's your host, Adam Gold. Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast. I am Adam Gold. That did not go according to Hoyle tonight. Hurricanes lose 7-4. More importantly... The two points they lost in Colorado might be the least important thing that happened on the ice. A lot of things to get to. I promise not to keep you very long. Here's what I do know. Uh, Many of you, and I am not complaining about this at all. I am not casting aspersions. It's just the data. When the Hurricanes lose... Fewer of you pay attention to the podcast, which I get, man. Nobody wants to hear about bad news. I get it. So I'm not, I'm not mad about that, but I do think this is an important podcast to digest. So tell your friends who might be afraid when the hurricanes lose to listen to it, because I think there is some important stuff in here that we're going to cover. And again, I'm going to get you in and out because I think it's more important that you enjoy a good holiday with your family. But dogs need to be walked. Lawns need to be mowed, even on a solemn holiday. And by the way, uh, we have the overlapping holiday. Uh, Good Passover to uh, many of you. Uh, Some of us uh, have heritage, uh, and we celebrate, if you will, even call it celebrating, uh, both holidays. So... Uh, if you're, you know, satering, you know, good for you. If you're Easter dinnering, good for you. I think it would be appropriate uh, to put ham and bacon on a Seder plate. All right, why not? Why not? I think bitter herbs uh, and herosis go great with a good Easter ham. Some of you will know what I taught, what I just said, and some of you won't care. Uh, get to it, Adam. Get to all of it. All right, here's what we're going to do. First, we're going to tell you about the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it there, aluminumcompany.com. They're going to make your home more energy efficient, more beautiful on the outside. Windows, roofing, siding, they've got it all. So uh, free no obligation estimate online, Aluminum Company. Dot com. All right. Uh, I'm going to start big picture real quick. Hurricanes and the Rangers are tied for first. Each have six games to play. 104 points apiece. We said it after the Ranger game, after the Hurricanes went into Madison Square Garden and beat the Rangers. We said it then, right? You remember, it was 1-1 getting to the third Somehow the Hurricanes managed to put together their best 20 minutes of the night in the third period and got out of there with a 4-2 win. But I said it after that, that the Detroit game was important because we could be we could find ourselves right back even with the Rangers 
if the Hurricanes lost that game, lost to the Avalanche, and the Rangers won too, well, that's what happened. Uh, again, I, I keep saying this. I thought the Hurricanes played really well against Detroit. Probably should have beaten Detroit. Didn't score. There you go. Why didn't they score, Adam? Look, the Hurricanes are a very good offensive team. But they're not like Toronto or Colorado or Florida or, heck, even Washington when they're going. The Hurricanes are a great defensive team. I know. Not tonight. But they lead the NHL in fewest goals allowed per game. Although I'd have to recheck that after after giving up seven tonight. So the Hurricanes are about goal prevention more than they are about goal scoring. Although they're a top 10 NHL offense. Of course, the last 25 or so games... They're probably more middle of the pack than anything else. Canes did score four tonight. So uh, there we have to look at the big picture. Okay. All right. So now back to the very big picture. Hurricanes and Rangers tied atop the Metropolitan Division. One of them is going to finish first. The other is going to finish second. Canes are in Arizona on Monday. Home against Winnipeg on Thursday. And then it is back-to-back, Saturday, Sunday, New Jersey, then Long Island, before going to Madison Square Garden Tuesday, and they finish at home the following Thursday against the Devils. I said this before. I said this going to the games, the six games against non-playoff teams. I said 10 points was a minimum. If the Hurricanes could get 10 points out of that, I think they'll win the division, even without having to beat the Rangers. So we're still on course for that, but you got to win those other five games. Like, the Rangers are good, but the Rangers are not the, uh, the 1981 Islanders. So I don't think the Rangers are going to win out. If they win out, they then they deserve to win the division. But if the Hurricanes get 10 points, for instance, if the Hurricanes win their last six games which I know it doesn't look, some of you don't believe that's possible, but it's possible. Hurricanes win their last six games. They win the division. And if they win four of the other five and beat the Rangers, they're going to win the division. So, And it's important. Again, I, I keep saying this. It's important for reasons that go beyond winning the division. It's important because you want to be playing well as you get to the playoffs. And remember, it's really all about the playoffs. If the Hurricanes, you know, play reasonably well the last, you know, dozen days of the season, but the Rangers win the division, that'll be okay. Because it is all about what happens next. By the way, just a quick look at the scoreboard. The Rangers beat Detroit 4 nothing. Come on, Ned. Where were you? Uh, Boston beat Pittsburgh 2-1. That's significant because right now Washington is just three points behind the Penguins, and they've got two games in hand. So if you win them, exactly. Uh, Toronto beat Ottawa in overtime 5-4. Tampa beat Winnipeg 7-4. So right now the matchup would be Carolina has a little bit of an advantage over the Rangers in terms of regulation wins. 
Uh, it would be Carolina-Boston in the first round, Rangers-Pittsburgh, Florida-Washington, Toronto-Tampa Bay. Those would be the matchups right now. Uh, tomorrow in the NHL, you'll see Florida at Detroit and the Islanders are at Toronto. Again, uh, we're coming down the stretch here, coming down the last uh, dozen days of the season. It's all over a week from Thursday. A week from Thursday, the regular season ends for the Hurricanes. Playoffs will begin likely Sunday. I think Sunday the playoffs will begin. Uh, maybe maybe early, middle of the following week. They begin in, I, th- I think the playoffs actually all start in May. So it might start May 2nd. I think if I'm not mistaken, that's when it does start. All right. Now to the real issue. And we're going to go through the goals because we'll, we need to explain. And actually, we're going to go through uh, more of the Colorado goals than the Hurricanes goals because I think we're going to find out more about this game based on those goals. But now, the last two things you heard, albeit out of sequence, Freddie Anderson's injury, Jordan Stahl's injury, way more important than 7-4 Colorado is the status of those two players. Freddie Anderson has been awesome this year. He has been tremendous all year long. He is going to be, I think... A Vezina candidate. I don't think he's going to win it. I think he'll finish third in the voting. Because I think the Vezina is going to go to Igor Shesterkin. But I think Freddie will be a candidate. He will be a finalist for the Vezina. He has been excellent all year long. We'll get to uh, Freddie and Ante Ranta in a minute. Uh, but that injury leaves a gaping hole in the crease for Carolina. Ronta is just not physically reliable. And if you're at, if, if, and it looks, it looked to me, it was either groin or knee. Neither one is good, uh, but he looked like he was in a lot of pain. So let's just say conservatively, it's a few weeks. Now we're talking about starting the playoffs very likely without Freddie Anderson. At the beginning of the season, anybody you talk to about goaltending would say this. If Ranta could stay healthy, he's probably the better goaltender than Freddie. But he has a hard time staying healthy. So now, that's potentially the guy as we move on down the rest of the season into the playoffs. So if Freddie can't return... If Freddie is out for an extended period beyond the end of the regular season, that'll be Ante Ranta's crease. And the only thing that would get in the way of that is a young goaltender. I guess it could be Alex Lyon. I don't think it will be. They just recalled Jack LaFontaine from Norfolk, sent him to Chicago because Lyon got hurt. But there's this Russian goalie now playing for Chicago named Peter Kachetkov, who has been outstanding. 13-1-1, and 9-21 save percentage. And he was a second-round pick in the 2019 draft, and I'm not saying he's going to play, but he might have to get a couple of starts here down the stretch. 
<laughs> so uh, sort of like when Florida went to Spencer Knight a couple of years ago. Well, I'm sorry, it was last year. And, like, Knight gave them some great starts down the stretch, and they start thinking, wait a second, this guy might be able to play in the playoffs. Uh, maybe maybe Peter Kachetkov will be that guy. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not advocating for it. I'm just saying uh, the, in- the, the injury to Freddie Anderson coupled with the injury to Alex Lyon opens up a lot of things. I do not believe Jack LaFontaine will be recalled. Jack LaFontaine has struggled. Kachetkov is not. So that's my guess. My guess is that we will see Kachetkov recalled, especially if Freddie can't play, and uh, we'll go from there. Uh, But that's a big deal. But it's the second worst injury that happened tonight. Because the worst injury that happened tonight was that to Jordan Stahl. So, a couple of years ago, in the year where the Hurricanes made the playoffs for the first time, Stahl missed about 34 games with a concussion. Actually, he missed games in two stretches with a concussion. And he has become, this year, quietly, in spite of... Sebastian Ajo having 35 goals, and Andrei Svechnikov now having 30, career high for him. Stahl has quietly become, or reemerged as, the Hurricanes' best, most important player. And that is no slight to Sebastian Ajo. That's just how good Jordan Stahl has been. And if Stahl is out for an extended period of time, I mean, you never say never, but I think that is, that's the death knell for this team. I don't think they survive a playoff series without Jordan Stahl. So hopefully he'll be able to come back. You don't know. He clearly was wobbly. He clearly left the ice, went right down the tunnel, did not return. There was no sense in bringing him back anyway. And they don't have an update on Jordan Stahl. Let's hope that he will be able to play. I doubt he plays Monday in Arizona. But let's hope he will be able to play by Thursday at home against Winnipeg. I'm not saying you can beat Arizona without Jordan Stahl, but you should be able to beat Arizona without Jordan Stahl. And real quick, before we get out of here tonight, I want you to hear from Sebastian Ajo because Ajo, not shaken by the injury, but I think there is something that Ajo said after the game that I think is important to hear when he talked about we're going to find out what we're made of. I didn't like no response to that. And I'm not saying that you fight, but I have seen way too many situations this year where clean hits, and I had no problem with the Kale McCarr hit. No problem at all. Uh, I do think there was contact with the head, but the the point of contact was, I believe, with the chest. So I am not in any... No penalty, nothing. In my opinion, anyway. But how many times this year have we seen Hurricanes delivering clean hits, and then all of a sudden... 
you gotta you gotta answer for a clean hit. Again, not a, not advocating for somebody dropping gloves. Not advocating that uh, for that at all. But there was no physical response from Carolina, and that was a little disturbing. Like there's no you can like the you can ramp up your physical play from that point. Because to me, when Stahl went down, the physical play disappeared. And that was a little bit disturbing. Again, I'm not looking for a fight. I'm looking like, wait a second. This game is not over yet. It's not like, you don't have to Lars Eller it up. I'm not saying that with 1.8 seconds to go, uh, checking a player who's engaged otherwise. So, I was a little disappointed in that. But that injury to Stahl opens up a major, major issue for Carolina. For instance, on Wednesday, I'm sorry, on Monday, when the Hurricanes play the Coyotes. No stall. All right, who draws back in? What does it look like when they draw back in? Is this the, not the opportunity, but if you're Rod Brindamore, what do you do with Nino Niederreiter? I think Nino has to go on a on a scoring line. So if there's no stall on Monday, this is the way I would do it. Well, who knows how they're going to do it? I would play stall. Rather, I'm sorry. I would. I'd love to play stall. Uh, I would play Nino with Aho and Jarvis up front, or you can go back to Nino, Aho, and Teravainen, which was a thing in year one. Svechnikov, Trocheck, and Maybe Svechnikov, Trocek, and Jarvis. That's a good line. Martinuk, I'd put Derek Stepan right there with Jesper Faust. And now that's your fourth line. Martinuk, Stepan, and Faust. And then you got Max Domi with Jesperi, Kotkaniemi, and Martin Natchez. And that's a line you have to get something out of. Right now the Hurricanes have... A lot of empty calories in their lineup. Tevo Teravainen hasn't played well for a few games. Vincent Trocek's scoring has disappeared. I think he's got one goal in his last 11 games. Max Domi hasn't scored in 27 games. Jesperi Kotkaniemi hasn't scored in, I think, 19 for him, but remember, he missed eight. Natchez is, again, back on his BS where he's not doing anything. Although, I thought he was pretty good in the third. Actually, I'm going to take that back. I thought he was great in the third period against the Rangers without scoring. But, I mean, they need more. They need more from some of these guys, and they're not getting it. There's another issue I want to get to before we uh, before we get to the goals. Um, there are two issues I want to get to before we get to the goals. And I'm already gone longer than I wanted to. The first one is goaltending. And it's the most important one, but that's the one I want to get to right now. It's been more than a minute since Freddie Anderson and Ante Ranta have been on top of their games for an extended period of time. It is just, and it's not like they've both been bad. There have certainly been bad games. Freddie wasn't good tonight. And 
I really did think that Rod was going to pull him after the fourth goal. We were 22 minutes and 21 seconds in, and it was 4 nothing. And I thought two of the goals could have been prevented. I thought the, the second power play goal, I mean, Freddie, that could have been deflected away by you. Uh, and I thought the second goal, I thought goals two and three could have been handled by Freddie Anderson. And they weren't. Which, okay. It, uh, it's not happening for uh, for him tonight. But I thought they, there could have been a goalie change at 4 nothing. Uh, but there wasn't. I think Rod has pulled a goalie once in four years as head coach. It's just not going to happen. Uh, and that's unfortunate because uh, I didn't think Freddie was very good tonight. But honestly, there have been... Not at least, because it hasn't been every game. There have been too many soft goals allowed by both guys over the last four weeks. Too many. Again, it's not an every game situation. Not saying that at all. But there have been too many of those. And that's got to change because you cannot recover in the playoffs. You cannot recover from soft goals. You just can't. So tonight, I think there were probably of Colorado seven. I thought the second one, I thought the third one was preventable. I thought the Alex Newhook goal, I thought Freddie could have recovered to get over, to stop that one. I thought the Rantanen goal, while a great goal by Rantanen and a really good play uh, by... Valerie Nikushkin, Freddie was unaware that there was a play going on. Like he was like somewhere else. He was doing his taxes. By the way, I think uh, he got a file. A file tomorrow, right? Doesn't everybody have to file tomorrow? So, the and the final McKinnon goal, I mean... I don't I don't blame Freddie on that. But I just got four goals that I think if Freddie was on top of his game, might not go in. And that has been a problem for the Hurricanes for the last few weeks. There have just been too many soft goals allowed over the last four or five weeks. And ultimately, those... You just don't recover from those in the postseason. Because... Honestly, if we're being if we're being candid about last year, the Hurricanes were done in by bad goals. Alex Nedeljkovic allowed a bad goal in each of the first two games. Hurricanes lost both games. Carolina was the better team over Tampa in game one. Alex let in a I mean a Charmony goal. That's the difference. I think it was in a tie game right in the third period. Same thing happened in game two. Just a a puck slid along the ice. That can't go in. Not in the freaking playoffs, it can't. So, this is the problem. In the playoffs, you lose those games. You don't recover in the playoffs if you give up soft goals. So, the goaltending needs to get better. 
Hopefully, Freddie will be healthy enough to be a part of that. If he's not, Ronta needs to be better. And if he isn't, then the Hurricanes aren't going any, anywhere in the playoffs. Because it would be nothing short of a miracle if somebody came up from Chicago and carried them uh, anywhere in the postseason. All right, one more thing that we want that we need to talk about, and then we'll 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 take a quick tour through the goals because I think the goals are important. Who is the best six man decor for Carolina in the postseason? And in, in a bigger picture, I'm back to where I was six weeks before the trade deadline. My initial thought was correct. I. I definitely moved off that as they got to the trade deadline and goal scoring became an issue. But let's be honest, they didn't address goal scoring. No offense to Max Domi. Nice player. I think he's played pretty well. I don't think he's made a difference in their game. What the Hurricanes really needed was somebody who could play in their top four without having to play in their top four. And in lieu of somebody that good, they they simply needed another option, an NHL option on the blue line. Because right now, Slavin had a tough night tonight, but nobody's worried about Jacob Slavin, right? Pesci and Shea were, I think, pretty good tonight, but not amazing. Tony D'Angelo was better tonight than he has been for the most part over the last couple of weeks. Remember, D'Angelo's coming back from that abdominal injury. I think he's, I don't think he's, you know, has any lingering effects. I just don't think he's gotten back to his game. So right now, the Hurricanes have three guys who they absolutely can rely on. One guy who they were very reliant upon and was coming through for them in all areas, D'Angelo, but not playing well. And the other three? it's kind of grin and bear it, so to speak. So here would be my six going into the playoffs. And I'm going to put a little asterisk on it. Slavin and D'Angelo stay together, hoping that Tony's game rebounds. I think you'll have Pesci and Shea obviously stay together. And I would go with Cole and Smith. Ethan Bear isn't a good enough skater. He's got some offensive upside, but I don't think you need offensive upside from a third-pair defenseman who, in the playoffs, is going to play 12 minutes a game because that's all he's going to play. He doesn't skate well enough. He's just not good enough defensively at this stage, Rod is not going to want to put him on the ice in the third period or overtime of a playoff game. Because he is unfortunately right now a disaster with the puck. and He had just one gross turnover. I think it might have been, I don't remember which play it was, he was on the ice for a few goals tonight. I know that. So is Slavin. I'm not absolving him. But Ethan Bear gets the puck taken from him. He's a li- he's just too deliberate in his own end. 
And I just don't see Ethan Bear being a top six defenseman on this team right now. And maybe that means he's not a top six defenseman for this team ever. Remember, they thought they were getting somebody who could play in their top four. He can't. No, he just can't. He's not good enough to play with Jacob Slavin. He just isn't. Tony D'Angelo is better than Ethan Bear. Significantly better. And I'm not talking about offensively. I'm talking about in all phases of the game, D'Angelo is better than Bear. Even D'Angelo, when he's not playing well, is better than Bear. By the way, they were on the ice together uh, for a goal. Uh, I think it was the, uh, the Ben Myers goal. We'll talk about that in a second. So, with Smith and Cole... As your third pair, man, that ain't good. Because Ian Cole's game, I love Ian Cole as a human being. And I think if he got back to playing the way he was playing maybe a month and a half ago, I think everything would be fine. But I think Cole's game has kind of fallen off, including the penalty killing, because I thought he was victimized on two of the of both power play goals. On both power play goals, he did not prevent, he didn't do enough to prevent the pass going across. He should have made, I think it was Burakovsky. No, Newhook. He should have made Newhook the shooter. He should have left Newhook to Freddie Anderson and eliminated the pass. He didn't do it. And he allowed the, the pass across from Burakovsky, a uh, diagonal pass to the back door to Comfer. He's got to get. He's he has to deflect that puck. Has to. Again, I'm, I'm, I mentioned before that Freddie also that was right by the edge of the goal. Freddie's got to make that play. So Cole didn't play well tonight. I think Brendan Smith's going to be in because Brendan Smith is a physical being, and you you will need that element in the postseason. So, with all that said. To me, Ethan Bears is a seventh defenseman. The asterisk here is once you get to the playoffs and there's no salary cap issues, and I don't know that it's a salary cap issue right now, I think Jalen Chatfield will be with the team. And if Chatfield is with the team, I wouldn't be completely surprised at times if, depending on how long the playoffs last, uh, if Rod Brindamore gave Jalen Chatfield uh, a game here or there. It's a better skater. He can play physical. He's got a little bit of an offensive upside. I thought his game waned his last few games here. So that's where we are. We didn't even talk about the game yet. We are going to talk about the game in a second. The stall and Freddie injuries, big-time problems. Goaltending a big-time problem. Hey, shouts to the power play. They scored a goal. First in eight games. Good for them. Penalty kill? Not good. I'm not worried about it. Penalty kill's great. Uh, the Colorado power play is elite. And if, by the way, if you notice, both the goals, it wasn't the top unit. It wasn't the, air quotes, skill unit. It was the hard-working unit. That's what the Hurricanes need to be on the power play. That's how they got their power play goal. It was hard work. Good good work from Andrei Svechnikov. Um, so there you go. There's Those are the issues we're dealing with. Now to the goals. And it started early, and it was ugly early. Late stage of a Colorado power play. Uh, Andre Burakovsky emerges from a battle on the wall. Slavin was there. 
Didn't win the battle. He gets the puck, puck to Alex Newhook. He's two-on-one with JT Comfer on the, on the left side. And Cole just can't deny the pass. Trocek can't get all the way down. All four players for Carolina were over, uh, you know, protecting against the puck coming out, out off the wall. My feeling is if all four of you guys are over there, maybe you should all four be on the wall. Otherwise, we have assignments, uh, and Carolina was had completely lost, uh, essentially, the, if, I, if I could use a soccer term, had lost their shape, and it was Scramble City. Cole didn't deny the pass across. Trocek can't get all the way down. It's one nothing. JT Conference 15th of the season. Uh, just less than four minutes later, Nathan McKinnon makes it 2 nothing, And this is moments after he had already been denied a transition chance. I think it was a good play by Brett Pesci to deny that chance. Anyway, Val Nikushkin overpowers Ajo, uh, skates it around behind the zone, behind the, uh, behind the net, comes out in front, uh, circles around the front, uh, in front, and puts a shot on, uh, and there's McKinnon at the side of the goal, uh, and it's 2 0 goes 10-2 on the backhand. He works his way to Anderson with a big save. McKinnon pokes at it, and it'll stretch its way across the goal line. The Avalanche had four whacks at it, and finally it crossed the Canes' goal line. And the Avs have a 2-0 lead with 9-12 left in the first. See, the problem with the goal is that it the puck got behind Anderson because he allowed it to get behind him. I mean, he was wide open. That puck just kind of slid through Anderson behind him. And there's McKinnon behind it. He just shovels it in the net. I mean, to me, that's a puck that has to be covered if you're Anderson. If you're on top of your game, it's a puck that is covered. And maybe that was the biggest sign that Freddie was not on, was that that puck wasn't covered. So now we get to the second period. Oh, by the way, here is a very big moment in the game. Four seconds left. McCarr behind him. Carolina, though. Try to tie up the draw. It's one back. Eight. Opportunity for Comfer as he slides one right through. And the Canes defense comes to the aid of their netminder. Ajo tries to clear. Four seconds left here in the period. Now the puck is out of play. Did it hit the glass first before it went out of play? The Avalanche are lobbying for a penalty. All right. You didn't have to lobby for the penalty. You got it. And it, it was a penalty. Delay of game, puck over glass. Andrei Svechnikov committed the infraction. Uh, but here's the bad luck part of the whole th- situation. Uh, you had good scrambling in front by the defense to prevent a goal because it could have been a, very easily could have been uh, a goal to make it three nothing before the end of the period. Sebastian Ajo has the puck in the slot and he's clearing the zone. And I forget whose body it hit. It it hit a Colorado body, but Ajo is elevating the puck to get it out. But it. It hits an avalanche player and drops back into the corner, and that's where Svechnikov, under pressure, flipped it out of play. So now, on the power play, once again, and there was about a minute 58 of power play, so the goal comes at a minute 56. Taves tracks down the rebound. 
They'll get it back across to Burakovsky. He'll shoot out front, they'll score! That was a shot with the intention for a pass in J.T. Comfer, his second power play goal of the game. As the Avalanche up 3-0 on top of Carolina. And once again, again, air quotes, it's not the skill group on the power play, it's the hard-working group on the power play. Uh, and it's a good pass from Burakovsky um, above the right face-off circle, diagonally, you know, maybe 10 feet above the circle, diagonally across, right in, uh, right to Comfer on the back door. All he's got to do is tap it in, and tap-ins are easy unless you're Jordan Spieth. You saw him miss an 18-inch putt, right? He did. Anyway, uh, Slavin might maybe should be a little bit more on top of Burakovsky that late in the power play, and somehow the puck gets through Ian Cole again. Not his best night, and now it's three nothing. And you think no chance, right? Well, it certainly didn't change anything when Ben Myers, the reigning Big Ten Player of the Year, who was just signed, playing in his first NHL game playing because Nazem Kadri is out. Oh, did I mention that? No Kadri, no Gabriel Landeskog tonight. Kadri and Landeskog out of the lineup. Myers draws in, playing center. At the University of Minnesota. Remember Jack LaFontaine? Anyway, um, they sign him as a uh, unrestricted free agent, UFA. There you go. Bear, Ethan Bear beat wide by Josh Manson. That's a problem. Logan O'Connor taps it back. Tony D'Angelo has a chance to get the puck out of harm's way, but it's a swing and a miss. Myers deposits it over Anderson, and it's 4 nothing. We have played 22 minutes and 21 seconds, and it is 4 nothing. Jordan Stahl scores twice off of deflections. The first was a Brady Shea shot off of the body of Stahl, and then I think it went off the body of somebody else. I don't know who uh, at 3.02, so uh, less than a minute, really 39 se- 30, 41 seconds after uh, Myers made it 4 nothing. Stahl makes it 4-1. Five and a half minutes later, another Stahl deflection. This time, uh, he smartly used his stick off a Nino Niederreiter shot, and it's 4-2, and you go, oh, wait a second. We got more than 30 minutes of this sucker. Hurricanes are right back in it, and they really are. Well, Carolina played a good second period, to be honest. Ah, uh, but here's Alex Newhook, his 13th of the year. Trocek and Max Domi get tangled up in the offensive zone. I don't know if it's a collision or if there was another avalanche player there, uh, but they both go down, so they get tangled up. Uh, Nicholas Aubé-Kubel brings it into the offensive zone with some speed. He feeds Newhook in the high slot. Domi did battle back, and he bothered the initial shot. But it goes soft off the pad of Freddie, then drifts toward the goal line. Freddie doesn't recover quickly enough, which I think is a problem for Freddie. Uh, And suddenly it's 5-2. Freddie doesn't move well side-to-side on wrap chances. Keep an eye on that during the playoffs if Freddie comes back. And I I don't think he recovers all that well on loose pucks. 
So to me, that is the that was the third of at that point five goals that I think if you're going to win a cup, those goals can't go in. Uh, and then Sebastian Ajo uh, picks up a loose puck uh, and scores late in the period, and it's five three. And you're like five three. Hurricanes got this. Colorado is being as generous with chances as Carolina was. And honestly, if you look at it, the scoring chances weren't that far apart. Colorado was the better team. I'm not trying to say any, you know, otherwise. But Carolina generated plenty of chances to score. They scored four goals. They scored four goals. And maybe there was a few more out there. Anyway, I thought the Canes came out in the third period and got a very, very good start, a heavy start to the period. There were some line changes, and I think we're going to see more line changes uh, in Arizona. And some of you might not be happy because I wouldn't be surprised. Martinook, Ajo, and Jarvis together in the third period, I thought were pretty good. So uh, Rod Brindamore might intentionally piss all of you off by playing uh, Jordan Martinook on a top line. Uh, Anyway... Again, I thought the Canes got off to a pretty good start. But they didn't score, and then the avalanche happened. Nichuskin pushed this one into the hurricane zone. McKinnon goes after it. Now out in front of Alunga, score! Anderson never saw the puck. Bounce out in front to the slot. And Miko Rantanen, 36th of the year, puts the avalanche up 6-3. So Nichuskin picked up the puck. By the way, Rantanen now has 101 points on the season. He had a goal and two assists tonight. Uh, so Nikushkin picked up the puck at center. I think it caromed off the skate of Brett Pesci. He could have easily collected it, but this is the kind of night it was, right? Uh, he gets it behind the goal. Stahl is there with Pesci and Shea. All of them, two players are there. Nikushkin comes in with the puck. Nathan McKinnon is also there. And I'm not even sure that Stahl didn't center that puck for Rantanen. Either way, either way, Freddie Anderson had no idea where the puck was. No idea at all. By the time he realized that the puck had moved to the other side of the net, because Freddie was looking uh, at the side where Nikushkin brought it behind the goal. He's still looking over, essentially over his left shoulder. The puck came out on the right side to Rantanen, who went forehand, backhand, because by the time Freddie realized the puck had come out on the other side, he moved over quickly, and he had no chance on the goal. But just snoozing. 6-3, it's basically over. Uh, Svechnikov scores a power play goal. D'Angelo to Taravainen, the shot, I don't even know if the shot got all the way through, but the puck came out to uh, Svechnikov, and he uh, quick release, short side goal, makes it 6-4. Hurricanes are not out of it. The, the Svechnikov goal happens at 6-28. But Nathan McKinnon um, just skated right around Max Domi, played a little Matador defense in center ice, uh, and then he put a, a stop move on Jacob Slavin and then a pirouette. Slavin was worked by McKinnon, and then his backhand pass to uh, Nikushkin goes off Tony D'Angelo sticking in. Um, and then you had the Freddie injury. You already had the Jordan Stahl injury. Uh, and then, I mean, it's it's a 7-4 game. 
Seven four game. Uh, too many mistakes. Uh, but coming out of this, I mean, there were some good things. I thought Carol again, as Rod Brindamore said after the game, wasn't a gong show. Just wasn't. Carolina was messy. Both teams were messy. Carolina got the lesser of the goaltending battle, which has been a problem lately, and they just couldn't recover from it. All right, now we're going to get out of here. Canes in Arizona Monday. Goes without saying, it's a must win. Rangers do not play between now and then. So, Hurricanes have an opportunity to get their nose back in front in the division. Hopefully, they'll be able to do it. Uh, Again, the Metro is important, but it's only important because it means you played well down the stretch. That's the goal. Play well as March approaches. Uh, So hopefully things will be good in terms of news on Anderson and Stahl. Really, more so Stahl than Anderson. We're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. No place like it. Go check it out. Online, AluminumCompany.com. Sammy Hannon and his crew do a great job. They do a lot of great things for your home. The best thing they do, though, customer service. I promise you that will be the lasting impression you will have. AluminumCompany.com. Follow the Canes Corner Podcast wherever you get your podcast so it shows up automatically. So when you're walking the dog or uh, painting a fence, I don't know, do you do that? What do you, Huck Finn? Anyway, uh, if you're doing any of that, then it shows up automatically wherever you get your podcast. Uh, Until the Canes and the Arizona Coyotes, 10 o'clock start. My gosh, I'm already tired. Have a good one. Be nice to each other. Good Easter, good Passover to all of you. And uh, we'll talk soon. This has been the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold, presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. You can listen to this podcast at WRALsportsfan.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.